Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking to place a bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. If you had the Browns scoring 28 points in the first quarter, or winning, or the over in that game, then you're feeling good. Go ahead and bet again. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker here with you. Alex, uh, I know it's been a big week. You had your birthday last week. It was your your daughter's birthday the other day. So, uh, you know, congrats on the on the exciting week. Much appreciated. Year older, but uh, you know, what I mean, I'm a little bit wiser more now. <laughs> yeah, it was a great. It was a great week um, for the most part. I'm broke on, on January. I got both daughters and myself. Christmas is on January. I mean, uh, birthdays on January. Yeah, fall, yeah, falling right after Christmas. So yeah, it's a <laughs> light, light in the wallet. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, it's been um, it's been good times here for for the Clippers over the month of January. We talked about uh, the past couple weeks. You know, them needing to take advantage of a lighter part of their schedule and they've done just that you know they're getting into some of the the tougher games now and and obviously a little bit of the the bump in the road with having Kawhi and Paul George have to sit out a few games due to contact tracing and safety protocols but the show goes on and the Clippers they had that seven game win streak had it snapped against the Hawks but right back at it with two wins uh one without Kawhi and Paul George and then the other night with them back in the fold so nine out of ten wins uh, what have you seen that uh, that you really liked during this stretch from the Clippers? Now, I've just seen the bench just stepping up. I've seen, you know, the coaches is really, like, weighing in on the, uh, the younger guys. Um, and really just, just they're just getting that chemistry, you know what I mean? Because that's more important than anything. And um, the Hawks game was really awesome, you know what I mean? Just to see these guys out there on the floor getting substantial minutes um, and actually trying to figure out how to win. They were really close in that game. And, uh, you know, hats off to the Hawks. They came, you know, impact, so they definitely did. But, you know what I mean, the Clippers weren't backing down. You know what I mean? So I've seen a lot of great things from that standpoint. Yeah, you never want to lose your best players for for any extended stretch, and luckily it was only two games. But uh, Mm -hmm. that little break for them could be beneficial for them health-wise. And and you throw in for the team as well. I think in, in the long term, those couple of games, even though it's just two games, are probably beneficial for for these guys for for what we saw. As you said, the kind of the team camaraderie, uh, the ability to build confidence in some of the guys who don't play as much. Uh, I thought it was it was really fun to see. You know, the ball movement was great, even when shots weren't falling. The effort was there, so it was it was kind of a flashback to the team from a couple years ago when they were the upstart Clippers and that eight seed year. You know, it felt it felt like that with them. 
just really grinding out uh, some tough games, and it, it was it was fun to see. No, it was it definitely was no no all star on the on the you know on the squad. So everybody was just trying to put you know what they do best on the court. You know what I mean. So that was pretty dope to see that it was a really a competition of uh, just skillful um, basketball from that standpoint. So I really enjoyed watching that game uh, for the most part. Yeah, it was it was fun, and and we have to give you know a big shout out and big props to to Reggie Jackson because we know that you know he's taken taking his lumps here and there for not being the greatest defender, but really this whole season he's been fantastic in whatever role they've asked him to be, whether it's last guy off the bench, whether he's starting a ball game like he has the past couple, he's been ready no matter what, and his offense has been tremendous. He's been given good effort on defense as well, uh, and he's really been exactly what you could you know, the best you could hope for, uh, for someone getting that salary and what he's been doing. He's been great. True, true, true. No, I think you said it before. Uh, we even jumped on the podcast. He was, he was really the go-to guy for Detroit. You know what I mean? And, um, him and Blake Griffin were, were, you know, the front line of the Detroit Pistons. So it took him a little bit longer. Um, I'm just glad that he's actually, you know what I mean? Confident. We seen him hitting some buzzer beaters, you know, with a little swag at the end, which is pretty dope. You know <laughs> what I mean? So that's it's definitely carrying over from that standpoint. And I seeing that for the most part, these guys are really enjoying it, laughing, the benches up, you know what I mean? And, and engaged. So, um, they're going to carry this on. They got a couple of big games coming up next after. So we'll see how this goes though, but I'm optimistic for sure. Yeah, and like I said, just him staying ready with Patrick Beverly out with some knee soreness, the ability to have Reggie Jackson just jump in the starting lineup and really not miss a beat. Obviously, defensively, he's not going to be quite the same, but you know, knocking down three-point shots, his ability to set up others. He had a near triple-double in, in a couple of those games, so he's really been you know, fantastic for this team. And you throw in just some of the talk. You know, I don't think it's coming from the Clippers, but you're just out there in the the NBA Twitter sphere and, and rumors of, you know, do they want to get Derrick Rose or someone like that? I think at this point in their careers and what they can do for the team, Reggie Jackson is a better fit and a better player for the Clippers than, than Derrick Rose would be just for the fact that he can, he can shoot the basketball. They're similar level, level yeah. defenders, but I don't think there's that real need, like we said, for necessarily a, a true point guard. Reggie has filled that role really well. For sure. No, I think so. And uh, to go back to what we were talking about, like it's, it takes a long time to get implemented into a system. Um, I would think so. You've been Derrick Rose, you know, the all-star, explosive, elite player that you are. And you're actually like, you know what I mean, <clears throat> 18 points that you're, you know, you, you had last year from Detroit, and, and you're phenomenal at that standpoint. Just to come over here and try to find your way in your niche on a team like this that really needs to go and, and explode, it's definitely um, it's definitely something that's going to be you know um, looked at you know. So I think uh, Reggie's definitely in the right situation, and uh, they shouldn't look at no other spot than than Reggie right there. Yeah, and you look at just what this team needs from that type of role: someone who can shoot the three ball, uh, someone keep the ball moving and really develop that team chemistry. As you said, that takes a while, and that's something that Reggie's been really good at. And obviously a player like Rose, and we know they looked at you know guys like Rondo in the offseason, not necessarily shooters. It just seems like this is the, the better fit for them right now. And not that you can't improve your roster going forward with a potential deal, but I think right now it's it's really clear to see the the chemistry and just the fit of this roster has been really good so far this year. 
With a new year comes tons of new big games in sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for the game day. Plus, get free shipping with code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavor, mini beef wellington steak, burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp wrapped in bacon. Mm. Every order is flash frozen delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Basically every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to kansascitysteaks.com slash game day and use code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big game, big taste. All right, and as we continue on this episode of Believe in Clippers, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a shift. Alex had some uh, parenting duties uh, to take care of, so I'll be carrying it through the rest of the show solo. Uh, Don't worry, Alex will be back next week as well as we continue on the Believe in Clippers podcast. Uh, We mentioned with Alex that, of course, 9 out of 10 wins for the Clippers. They had that seven-game win streak, which was halted by the safety protocols, but all in all, really might have been a positive thing for this team because of what we were talking about before, building the team chemistry for the bench, getting some extra minutes for guys. Uh, We talked, of course, about Reggie Jackson, but I think other guys down the roster as well. And you look at Terrence Mann as an example, young player, hasn't really found his footing in the league yet, has had little flashes here and there, but I thought it was really impressive what he did in a couple of games for the Clippers and potentially earning himself a little bit of a slice of a spot in the rotation going forward. Now, in the the game where Kawhi and PG returned, it ended up being a blowout, but Terrence Mann got first half minutes. He ended up playing 12 minutes in the ball game, which I think is is reasonable to expect that. Not a, not a ton more with how deep the Clippers roster is, but if they can get that kind of production from Mann, and again, knowing Patrick Beverly's not in the lineup right now, so that those extra minutes are available at the moment, but uh, Terrence Mann could be a valuable piece for this team. We talked about it in the offseason that he certainly has the physical tools to to be able to help the team. He's a great defender, uh, good rebounder for his size. Maybe not the traditional point guard that we saw, and that could be kind of the unlocking of man that would really help him become a rotation player for this team. Maybe he's not the point guard that they were trying to make him into be. Maybe he's more of a wing player who can just handle, uh, and that's honestly what the identity of this team is anyway. They don't necessarily need a traditional point guard. They have a lot of wings who can handle and set up other players. So if he can just fit in that mold, uh, which he's done in the past couple games, that could be really beneficial for this team for the fact that uh, he's a big body, he can defend multiple positions, and he gets to the rim effectively, he finishes well, he's passing well now, and the rebounding. So I think there's a lot of things that he can do well. Obviously the thing that's hampering him right now from really being uh, a key piece of a team is is the outside shooting, which is, you know, still a ways away. But uh, I think knowing that this team does have so much shooting, pretty much everywhere else on the roster, uh, that allows Terrence Mann to to play effectively with this group. And if he can start to bring that outside shot along, uh, it would be really beneficial. And it just shows, like we said with Reggie Jackson, same thing with Terrence Mann: the ability to be ready no matter what. Just think about how tough that is for an NBA player to be thrown into the action like that. Two previous games before this recent three-game stretch for Mann against the Thunder, 
one minute and four minutes. So just coming in at the end in garbage time, essentially. Then you go to that Hawks game from playing basically not at all to starting and playing 34 minutes at 10 points and nine rebounds, four of eight from the field. You go to the Heat game. He played 27 minutes again, 12 points, three of six from the field, hit all five of his free throws, uh, three rebounds as well to throw in there. And then kind of back to a, a supporting role with Kawhi and PG back. But as we said, still played 12 minutes, four points, four boards, a couple of assists, had a steal as well. So I think Terrence Mann could be valuable for this team. Again, with Jackson and Mann, those aren't guys you're going to re- rely on or lean on heavily in playoff time. But it just shows that if their number is called upon, if there's foul trouble, if there's injuries, these are guys that you can trust in a, in a pinch of time. Uh, for Even if it's a couple of minutes in a big game, you know that they're not going to be rattled, that they're going to know the system, they're going to play well. So uh, I think these games are really valuable for the Clippers. And, and luckily, just a couple games, Kawhi and Paul George are back. They didn't miss a beat when they came back. Both of them were on fire. 26 points for Paul George on 10 of 19 from the field. 24 points for Kawhi on 8 of 15. So it was great to see that even with nearly a week off for both of those players, they just stepped right back in uh, and came out swinging. And uh, for them, maybe a blessing in disguise, as we said. I, you know, they didn't look like there was anything worse for wear, although Paul George did have, you know, the hamstring tightness. So maybe that time off was good for him. We know Kawhi has not been uh, man- load managing at all this year. He's been playing back-to-backs, but giving him a little bit of recuperation time uh, was nice. And again, uh, allowed for other guys to step up. We saw, of course, the the Batum Battalion game, Nick Batum with six threes, uh, Marcus Morris getting more comfortable. I think he's really coming along nicely. Lou Williams, after having that long extended slump with his shooting and dealing with hip discomfort, starting to get his offense back a little bit. Uh, and the return, really, of, of Zubats. You know, I think Avica Zubats has, again, looked like the player that we saw late, late last year in the bubble when he got more minutes. He's really been playing some extended fourth quarter minutes, and he's looked much more comfortable than he was in that very early part of the season. Maybe there was a few lingering injuries there, who knows, but catching the ball better, finishing better, rebounding traffic better, blocking shots, protecting the rim. I think everything for Zubats looks like I think most Clipper fans expected him to look, which is a great sign. And then you throw in the fact that really defensively, the Clippers have have stepped up their game tremendously. They're up to eighth now in the league in, in defensive efficiency. They obviously were in the in the 20s at a certain point this year. Uh, but with all of these things, offense, defense, certain players being slower to come along than others, I think it's important to, to remember new coaching staff, new schemes, new sets, all of those things take time, like Alex was saying, uh, to integrate. And obviously new pieces on the roster as well, developing that chemistry with each other. Those are things that, that take time. So there were some very early minor hiccups early in the year with some blown leads, but I think we're starting to see now how good this team can be when they really put it together. And the the fit in the process of this team already feels better than what we saw last year. And again, injuries were a big part of last year with having to injury manage Kawhi, Paul George coming back off, off multiple surgeries. Uh, of course, going into the bubble and everything that went on with that and the season pausing, Patrick Beverly's injuries, uh, Montres Harrell's issues, Lou Williams. You know, there were so many stumbling blocks last year that led to that collapse at the end of the year. And it doesn't, it's not an excuse for it, 
uh, it's still an inexplainable, unexcusable loss. But all of those things that that led to the the Clippers' demise last year, it feels different this year. Now again, they're still going to have to take care of business in the playoffs. That everyone knows that. No one, especially Paul George, of course, is not going to get a pass until he's doing what he's doing now in the playoffs for certain people. But the process of leading up to that already feels better this year than a year ago. You have a better fitting roster, much more shooting. We've talked about the ball movement and how this team is number one in three-point percentage in the NBA. Of course, Nicholas Batum's resurrection and being able to hit threes. Ibaka being a stretch five where you have really no drop-off defensively from him to Zubats to elite rim protectors, with whether you go first unit or second unit. Andy Baca's ability to be a versatile threat offensively. Of course, stepping out, hitting three-pointers, but still able to finish inside, put it on the floor a little bit. He's honestly been better from the outside recently than on the interior, but he's had some really nice games as of late, even when he struggled shooting, blocking shots, rebounding the ball. His scoring has been tremendous, and I think that's something that's often overlooked when we talked about, or when people talked about, the Clippers losing Montrezl Harrell and obviously a lot of these people didn't watch a lot of Clippers basketball so they wouldn't necessarily know in the first place but losing the pure stats where you're losing a guy who averaged 17 points per ball game people forget that last year Serge Ibaka averaged 15 he's averaging about 13 this season you throw in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard playing a little bit more minutes their totals are up uh, deeper roster of course with uh, as we talked about Reggie Jackson stepping up Luke Kennard uh, Lou Williams, Batum, what he's doing, Morris, on and on and on. Uh, I think it's just a better fitting roster, and we're seeing that kind of come to fruition right now. And in a season where there's only 72 games, it doesn't feel like a lot less, but you want to be hitting your stride maybe a little bit earlier than you would be in a normal 82-game season. So with the 15-5 and five record now, uh, I think that this team, you know, barring any more uh, COVID protocol issues, which again is is always the the cloud that's kind of looming over this season. But hopefully, there won't be too many more of those for this Clippers team. Um, they're rolling right now, and it it's fun to see. They like each other. They're playing well. There doesn't seem to be any underlying chemistry issues with the ball club. So I think it's been a a tremendous start to the season, and hopefully they can they can keep it going. But the the process in which they're doing it, the ball movement, the the teamwork uh, has been really fun to see. And not to keep harping back on last year, but it does feel a little bit like things have kind of flipped in just terms of how the regular season has been processed by the Clippers and by the Lakers. And last year we know the Lakers took on the regular season with a full head of steam. They never let up. They got off to that 20-4 and start or whatever it was, really dominated and, and never took anything for granted. And not necessarily saying the Clippers did that, but we know that set with the injury issues, uh, kind of up and down all season with Paul George's shoulders and hamstring and Kawhi's knee issues. That was significant. And you look at what the Clippers are this year. Everyone's playing. Everyone's developing that chemistry. They're they're rolling. They're happy together. And the Lakers, while they're still right there record-wise, very good. You know, they had that loss to, to the Pistons the other night on the second end of a back-to-back. Uh, they are handling things similar to what we saw the Clippers do last year. Again, they have the leeway to do that. They've won a title. They know what it takes, but they have new pieces, some that don't necessarily fit well come playoff time. Anthony Davis has been sitting second ends of back-to-backs like Kawhi did last year. 
so it's just kind of a cautionary tale for them. Obviously, they have LeBron, they have AD. They're going to be an incredible force uh, come playoff time. But if you're not necessarily playing your best basketball all year, and then you have to hit the turn on switch, you know sometimes that switch doesn't work. So we saw that with the Clippers, they were great for stretches in that playoffs, and then went ice cold. So it's just it's a possibility. And and for the Clippers this year, I think there's a little bit of extra motivation, of course, from what happened last year, but also the pressure is almost less because of all of the media expectations and belief is in the Lakers. The Lakers, as we said, are the champions. They deserve that leeway in that respect, but you look at all of these predictions of, oh, we might this might be a finals preview of Lakers-Nets or Lakers-Bucks. No one is saying that about the Clippers in the media right now, so I think they can use that as motivation and that kind of lack of expectations and pressure from the outside world could play to their benefit as well. They can play free, they can play loose, uh, and they can play well. We've seen all three of those. The Clippers have really been on a roll, and I'm really excited to see how they close out the road trip now with everyone back. Uh, a couple of, of tough games, even if the, the opponents on paper don't necessarily look like the toughest of games. Uh, upcoming, they've got the, the New York Knicks, the Brooklyn Nets, and the Cleveland Cavaliers to close out the road trip on the six-game Eastern swing. Uh, the next game is a 1 p.m. Eastern start, so a 10 a.m. West Coast start. We know they'll be they'll be adapted to East Coast time by this point, but still a 1 p.m. start there. We know how afternoon games can be a struggle, and that Knicks team is not to be taken lightly. They're 9 and 11. They have one of the best defenses in the league under Tom Thibodeau. They play really hard. They've got some some young, exciting players with Emmanuel Quickly and R.J. Barrett, uh, Mitchell Robinson. They're they're tough, so there's certainly someone you. You don't want to take lightly, especially in that afternoon uh, trap type of game uh, coming before kind of the marquee showdown of the Brooklyn Nets matchup. So you don't want to look too far ahead. You have to take care of business in that first one. And then to on the back end of that trip, after the Nets game, the Cavaliers, they're a team that's been around 500 all year long. They're tough. They have some young talent. Colin Sexton has played like an all-star this year. You know, Andre Drummond is monstrous on the boards. Larry Nance. Torian Prince has come in and played well. Jared Allen, they have talent on that team, so they're not to be taken lightly either. Those are all games that are that are tough, but of course the headliner of that one is going to be the Clippers-Nets game with, of course, the new big three, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. You've got Kawhi and Paul George. Who knows if Patrick Beverly will be back? It seems like he might not be back on this trip, but uh, the Clippers will be close to full strength at that, and I'm, I'm really curious to see what the, the defense can do against what's been a supercharged Nets offense. Now, we know the Brooklyn Nets defense on their side has been really rough, so I think the Clippers can use their their ball movement and their explosive offense to really take advantage of that. But can they slow down the three superstars in the offense that has been really rolling for Brooklyn? We know Kawhi and Paul George can certainly, on any given night, be exceptional individual defenders. They'll be having that task of guarding likely the two wings, James Harden and, and, and Kevin Durant. Uh, on Kyrie, you'd, in the ideal world, ideal world, have Patrick Beverly back, and he could be one of the guys to take that. But in what has made the Clippers' defense so much better over the past couple of weeks, the rounding into form of a lot of these guys who were either injured or new. You know, Nick Batum has done a great job defensively in showing his versatility, guarding really 1-5 to five on the court and his ability to switch. Ibaka, his ability to protect the rim and switch. 
Marcus Morris with his length. There's so many versatile wing defender defenders that the Clippers can throw at teams, and that's kind of the ultimate test outside of playing, you know, the Lakers with LeBron James, throwing defenders at some of the other best players in the league. There's three of them right there with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. How much the Clippers can be effective, and we know when they're not going to shut them down. No one can, but making it tough on them, slowing them down, and if they can really punish them on the other end uh, with their ball movement and their offense, uh, really out of that group for Brooklyn, Kevin Durant's the only really good and capable defender of those three. Harden can do it at times. Kyrie will certainly give effort, but he's not a good defender. Uh, and the rest of the, the Brooklyn team isn't loaded with great defenders either. So that's an opportunity uh, to show what they can do on both ends of the floor for the Clippers and excited for the rest of the road trip. And you look forward into the month of February, which it's hard to believe we're pretty much at, but uh, looking forward to the Clippers' schedule when they return from the road trip we got the Boston Celtics, Sacramento Kings at home in a couple of games over the weekend on Friday, the February 5th, and, for, and Sunday, February 7th, game at Minnesota, game at Chicago, and you look forward past that, back at home versus the Cavs, the Heat, and then two versus the Jazz, and one versus the Nets in the middle of February. That's a really fun home stretch. The Heat have been really struggling and decimated by, by injuries and COVID protocols, who knows if they'll be at full strength. We know the Clippers just saw them and, and won that, that close game at the end where they were kind of pulling away in the third and let it get a little closer. But both teams should be much closer to full strength at that point. And the Jazz, who are the hottest team in the league. Clippers are right there with them. But the Jazz have won 11 in a row. Their offense has been explosive. We know, And we know in the one meeting earlier this year in Utah, early in the season on New Year's Day, uh, the Jazz won that one by six and in a sluggish game for the Clippers where they got off to a terrible start, made a huge run late, but couldn't pull that one out. So two games in the middle of February against the Jazz for right now, the two top teams in the NBA. So that'll be a huge test. And then again, the second matchup with Brooklyn back at home in Los Angeles in the middle of February. So a ton of exciting games coming up uh, and we'll see if the Clippers can keep it rolling. But before we sign off on this week's episode, we know that all-star voting has begun, so if you're out there, make sure to get Kawhi and Paul George in. They're both listed as front court players, which is, makes it tougher for them to potentially start just for the fan voting, but they certainly are both deserving of being all-stars and being all-star starters, frankly, and, and that kind of leads into the final talking point of the episode. We've seen so many talking points about MVP talk this year, and it's still early, 20 games into the season. There are guys that have been outstanding and are deserving of the praise they've been getting. Nikola Jokic with his triple-double year he's having in Denver, and Denver playing a lot better. Of course, LeBron has been putting up monster numbers, as always, but really carrying the load for the Lakers much more so than, than Anthony Davis, who's been a little bit below what we've expected of him. Uh, he'll, of course, pick it up at some point, but uh, LeBron has been the catalyst there, and the Lakers still one of the best records in the league. So they've had their names mentioned. We've seen... I think it's dropped off recently because of how absolutely awful the Mavericks have looked of late. But Luka Doncic was getting talked about a lot because of his crazy numbers, but that Mavericks team has been truly awful recently. And uh, right now, they're deep in the lottery compared to a playoff spot. So until they're a capable team, uh, Luka's going to fall out of that discussion. But the real point of it is, really neither Kawhi Leonard or Paul George has been mentioned a ton in these MVP conversations, and both of them deserve to be. You look at 
what they've been doing this season, the shooting splits that they've had, and the impact on the team. We mentioned the minutes for both players have been up this year under Ty Lue. Neither player has really been been taking time off outside of the COVID protocols recently. And, you know, we'll start with Paul George, who, of course, is coming off the much maligned bubble playoff performance. He said he'd be back to his normal form. And, and really, it should be mentioned, last regular season, you know, Paul George missed the beginning, first 12 games coming off the shoulder injuries. Uh, but he was still good last year. It, it seems like because of the playoff performance, it gets wiped away. And even he said, oh, it was a bad year last year. It really wasn't. He played a few less minutes than normal, but in terms of the the per 36 numbers and the per 48 numbers, he was right on par with what it was in Oklahoma City. He's getting more minutes and more opportunity this year, and he's taking advantage. 24 points a game, 6.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, really the de facto point guard for the team, essentially. We know he plays on the wing, but he's had the ball in his hands pretty much at all times when he's on the floor. His, His shooting percentages are off the charts, 50 over 50% from the field, 47.4 from three, and 91 from the line. We know how exclusive that 50-40-90 club is. He's almost at 50-50-90, which would be the first in NBA history to do that. Just unheard of. So George has been outstanding. And Kawhi, quietly after you know a couple of, not even slow games, but his three-point percentage was a little low at the start of the season. That's no longer the case as he's in the 50-40-90 club right now at 51, almost 51% from the field, 41 from three, 91 from the free throw line, averaging 20, nearly 26 points a game, five over five boards and nearly six assists as well. So Kawhi Leonard's evolution as a playmaker has been in- incredible to watch. It really was showcased in that first year in Toronto and has carried over to these two years on the Clippers. His, his playmaking, averaging nearly six assists per game, incredible number for him his ability to pass out of double teams and make the right play and the right pass does it almost every single time so he's evolved tremendously in that we know his defense has really stepped back up to where we know that it's capable of same for paul george so those two there's no question that they should be in the top five right now in the mvp debate whether it's one or the other but they deserve to be mentioned there especially if the clippers continue to be at the top of the standing so got to mention that for those two they've been tremendous and we'll see if they can carry it forward as the Clippers as we mentioned three more games on their East Coast swing Knicks Nets and Cavs see if they can finish it out strong but nearly back to full strength uh, assuming Patrick Beverly can get back soon then they will be back to 100% so it's been a fun ride over the past couple of weeks nine out of ten for the Clips uh, and really nine to know when fully healthier when they have Kawhi and Paul George in the lineup so Clippers rolling. We'll keep it going here on the Bleed Podcast Network. As we mentioned, Alex Acker will be back next week. He's showing that uh, in quarantine, it's tough to be a working dad as he uh, had to take care of some some father business there uh, with, the, with the kids and, and putting them to bed. So uh, Alex Acker will be back next week, and we'll be back as well here on the Bleed Podcast Network. Now you can follow us on anywhere. Of course, Apple, give us five stars. We always appreciate the reviews. 
Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, iHeart, anywhere you can find podcasts for there. Also, Believe.com. And of course, follow us on your social media handles at Jesse underscore Cast on Twitter, at Ackwright on Twitter for, for Alex Acker, um, and on Instagram as well. You can find us. So, with all of that said, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe the Clippers podcast. We'll talk to you next week on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clippers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.